0: Welcome to the Madison Story Slam podcast. I am your host, Adam Rosted. Thank you for joining us and taking a listen to this episode. This is a long slam episode with our guest, Michelle Lee. You might know Michelle from Instagram or Twitter, or maybe you catch her at 6 and 10 on Channel 3 News here in Madison. She is an anchor on Channel 3 News, in case you missed that. Uh, We talk about adoption, we talk about Madison, obviously. And we talk about the role of local news in our day-to-day lives. Hey, I want to make you aware that our next Story Slam uh, is Saturday, March 21st. That's this Saturday. Our theme is Childhood Memories. We'll be at the Mil- Wilmar Center at 953 Jennifer Street. And Ale Asylum and Carbon Four are providing beer for us. Take a listen to this episode and hope to see you Saturday. slams are to hear stories so yeah
1: i like some of the stories they're really good but when i hear those sto- when i heard the stories it made me nervous because i was thinking oh i don't think i could entertain someone with a great story you don't think so i don't know i i, I mean well because people i think obviously like already think that like um i'm a good speaker which i'm not like i, I can read okay most yeah. days
0: <laughs> you know I mean? so you've got so that teleprompter like, yeah, to so, rely on
1: well and that's the thing um if you actually put anything in the prompter, we'll read it. I mean, it's it's really true. Yeah. It's embarrassing, and it's horrible to say that, but... Um if you see it, it's just the distraction of seeing the words. So, sure. you're like, you're just gonna say it. So you feel dumb because you feel like Ron Burgundy. Mm-hmm. But um, it happens.
0: There are there are worse things to be than Ron Burgundy. I feel this like this is true.
1: Yeah, this is true.
0: Um, but you know, I, I actually uh, right before I came here was interviewing somebody else for the podcast who is has a different thing called Madison Storytellers it's a very similar event people come to tell five to ten minute true stories based on a theme and uh we were talking about how when people come to our events and say oh, well i'm just here to listen i've i've never told a story before and it's like really like you ne <laughs> like not even to like your friends like uh so like you say you're not a good storyteller or something but i guarantee you are I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, I understand what you're saying, though, because people will say I'm camera shy or I don't want to be on camera, and I always think people do so well on camera, and they tell you know like good they have great recollections of what happened or experiences. So yeah, you can tell a good story, but I just think the um, the pressure of seeing people look at you is totally different. And for me, this is going to sound really silly, but I have incredible stage fright. And I also have a lot of anxiety when I see people, and so I mean I love meeting people, but like um, if someone is saying, okay, we would love for you to emcee an event, I will literally lose sleep over it. Really? Yeah, because I always feel like what do what do people think? Because they see me on if they watch the news. I mean, there are so many people who might not be watching, but if they watch the news and they they see me, they might think, oh, she might be funny or. Oh, she might be serious. I don't know. Whatever impression that you have if you watch the news. And then, um, but the eyeballs at an event when people look back at you is terrifying. And also I think like. Like you want to entertain people, you know. Like when you're at an event, you want to say like, "Hey, who's yeah. having a good time?" Yeah. You know, it's
2: always <laughs> like that.
1: And then no one ever says like, "Woo, we're having a good time." Like people are just like,
0: "Yeah." You know? so, <laughs> it's a slow clap.
1: Yeah, so you have to be really in a in a kind of in that mind. Mindset to MC stuff, and I'm always thinking like, is everyone having a good time? I don't know. What are they doing? What are they thinking? Do they think I'm funny? Do they think it's stupid? Do they want to go home?
0: (laughs) It's funny because uh, my last interview and I talked about that as well. Where uh, I don't know if it's just because I grew up as a pastor's kid, so being on stage was something I was regularly doing. But I've never felt that way. Like it's never been an issue for me.
2: I
1: think that's great. Honestly, that is um, extremely impressive. There's a A woman that I work with here, her Mm -hmm. name's Michelle Carolla. She's the anchor for Fox 47. Yeah. And she sings really well. Mm -hmm. And she sings the national anthem at all these ballparks. She does it, like, for so many games. Sure. She's she's done it, like, I think she has, I know she has um, done the national anthem for the Brewers. And I think, like, um, maybe the Nationals. She's. She's done it like a million times. She And she has no fear. And that's like on my bucket list. Like, okay, I'm going to try to to
0: sing in front of a crowd. I'm just going
1: to try to do something like that. You know, um, I would love to sing in front of a crowd, but, um, it scares the bejesus out of me.
0: I, you know, uh, I could sing in front of thousands. I have, um, but you put me in front of like five people. Nah, yeah. not gonna do it. Yeah, that's terrifying.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I don't, I totally know where you're coming from because yeah. it's like just the focus, the focus of like you know five eyeballs looking at you because <laughs> they, they have nowhere to go so yeah. looking at you. But when you see a crowd, you kind of can get lost in the crowd. I mean, you know, yeah. if you're like if you have an audience, if you're on a stage, the lights are dim, so you might not be able to make direct eye contact with people, and then you're kind of like looking up anyway, you know. Yeah. So I I totally get it, and I would I should say I actually did sing like in high school and college, mm-hmm. and I sang like Ave Maria at one of my friend's weddings. Yeah, but I also took admittedly three shots of
0: <laughs> whiskey <laughs> before, before the wedding and
1: she, and like, I, ruined, <laughs> I felt like I ruined my friend's wedding because she was like, you know, super nervous mm-hmm. and her name's Tracy. And I literally was like, Tracy, I can't talk to you right now. Yeah. Like, she's the bride. And I'm like, I'm not trying to make it all about me at all. But I had so much, I was like, I can't ruin your wedding. Yeah. So, i would love like, good luck and everything but i need to be left alone i begged my husband to like open the wet like the open the bar the mini bar yeah and bring me shots and he said no he was like that is this, <laughs> that is the dumbest thing so i begged my uh one of my best friend's husbands to do it yeah and then when jim found out my husband when he found out he was like what you bribed eric to bring you shots i was like well my husband wasn't
2: coming through yeah so. right
0: yeah uh I I probably could have used a shot or two before my wedding. Yeah, I wasn't nervous um, until the music started. Yeah, that's that's kind of terrifying. What
1: about when your wife walked in? What did you? That
0: was calming. Really, that was really calm for me. But like when the music started and the, the, all the wedding party was coming in, then I was like, oh. Yeah, this is actually happening. Yeah. right? <laughs> so, uh, before we keep going, let's introduce oh, who you okay, are. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, welcome to the Madison Story Slam podcast. Uh, I'm here with Michelle Lee, who is are you, it's the six and ten o'clock anchor. The six
1: and ten, yes, on
0: News Three, Channel mm-hmm. Three. Um, do you do anything else?
1: Mm, no. Do
0: you write it all for oh. any other like the
1: <laughs> I'm like? I don't know. What do I do? Like, <laughs> I um, I write for Madison Magazine Okay. Um, I just have a little a very tiny uh, monthly f- feature sure. called Sip and Saver okay. and so I just go around and basically eat free lunches at places that's and-
0: a that's a tough job <laughs> I know very tough job I know um,
1: uh, like today, I went to Carbon 4.
0: I think I missed you by about 25 minutes. Are you minutes kidding? Because they are actually sponsoring the next Story Slam. No
1: way. And they, they are awesome. They
0: gave us two cases of beer.
1: Did, what What did they give you? Fantasy? The, yeah. The,
0: the, that's the only thing they bottle right yeah, now yeah, is yeah. Fantasy Factory. Oh, so, gosh. Yeah. I
1: haven't had any, but everyone loves it.
0: It's, it's very good.
1: I really just like the art on the six-pack.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I actually interviewed the owner, uh, Ryan, one of the mm-hmm. owners. And um, we talked about the art and like he said, we we just wanted something that people saw and were like, I, I want to buy that six pack yeah. and then hang it on my wall. I don't even care if the beer is good. I just want that artwork. And I was like, yeah, well... You you got it. That's yeah. exactly what you got. So. Well, I,
1: I asked too. I was like, "So, what's your ne- so? Are you gonna you know bottle another uh, another beer? And is the as you know how's the art gonna look? Because I think what's the other beer like Tokyo? song Yeah, I can't remember
0: what it's called. <laughs> I, ju- I actually <laughs> I mean, just, had just had that one that. for the first time. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Well, it's funny. I um I think I'm allergic to beer. So really, my wife is. Yeah. Well, yeah. here's here's TMI a TMI moment. I um am allergic to beer, pretty sure, and I'm also lactose intolerant, uh. and and so living in Wisconsin is awesome. Uh,
0: yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, my uh, so I always get in trouble when I say my wife a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. My wife's name is Ashley. So Ashley, from here on okay. out, we will be talking about Ashley. Uh, she uh, doesn't. Uh, dairy does not agree with her either. Mm-hmm. So dairy yeah. and beer.
1: I still now. Don't get me wrong. I will still drink a beer. Yeah. But I usually pay for it, so I don't drink beer that
0: much. Is it for um, her? It's a nose thing. Like her, oh, as soon her as nose, I
1: yes. Assume, I, that's so strange yeah. to me. Yeah. As soon as I drink it, I can't breathe. Yeah, that's and, her too. And I think um, there's like something with like an enzyme or something in Asian people. Yeah, where they turn like super bright yeah, the, red. The, the the red face. Asian. What's red it face.
0: called, uh, Doctor Drew? So I always listen to old old Loveline episodes oh, Funny with uh, Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Yeah, yeah. And so it, he, he, it's the something thrush is what okay. he calls it. But yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. I just
1: call it the Asian red face. So I think that
0: works okay too. I don't think I can get away with saying that. <laughs>
1: yeah, No, you can't. It's okay. It's not It's not derogatory. Um, but some of my friends, like my friend Crystal uh, who actually works here too, I don't want to embarrass her, but she gets super red. Really? And Mary Jo, Mary Joola from the morning she also gets really red. Yeah. And so I'm like, you've been drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're out somewhere. Down drink that much, but you know what I mean? If we're going yeah. to... Okay, like well,
0: it. we've just outed I should, them I know, as alcoholics. I know, that's,
1: I know, that's terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm
0: sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, um, but the cheese, I still eat the cheese. Yeah, well, you got it. I have gained, Um, I probably shouldn't make it, this is another TMI moment, I have literally gained like 15 pounds since I moved, moved to Wisconsin. And
0: you, did you move in 2013? That yes, when you 2013,
1: uh, okay. June of 2013. Yeah. I rented, I subletted uh, an apartment on Gorham. Mm-hmm. I think like Gorham in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah, And it was total, like, college. Yeah. Like, I was like... <laughs> I mean, I'm not, like, too good for anything, so I don't mean to come across weird. But, like, sure. you know, I was like, okay, I'm taking you, this job. Do you
0: mind if I ask how old you are?
1: 35.
0: Okay. So it's not like you're 45 and you're around college kids. Right, right. But, so. I mean,
1: I feel like, you know... I, you know, here we, my husband and I, you know, we've bought two, this is our third house that we've bought Yeah. You know, we've like done grown up things, sure. you know, so to speak. And so, um, but I had to move in advance of him because he needed to stay behind for a couple months. Yeah. And so I was like, I just want the cheapest option. So I looked <laughs> on Craigslist yep. and found an apartment, you know, a sublet for the summer. And it was like $450. It was like the fourth floor of this apartment.
2: Yeah. On
1: Gorham. And as soon as <laughs> like I. Right in the center. I know, I know. And as soon, the night that I came, well, actually, um, I had to come up like a day early or something because my co anchor, Eric Franke, was like leaving on vacation. So they were like, we, we'd really like to get some pictures of you guys sure, before yeah. Eric goes on vacation. So is there a chance you could come early? And I said, well, yeah, I can come, you know, like a day early but on the way up i hit a bunch of uh tornadoes like in cincinnati and so i had to stay like <laughs> As unexpectedly one does. i know it was terrible um and when then, i think of
0: cincinnati i just think, <laughs> I think of tornadoes yeah, so I know.
1: but it was it was rough and then i would, and then like i had to drive like 7 hours or something like the next morning and i was kind of freaking out but i think i ended up getting here like really late, like nine or ten. But then I had to meet somebody to get um, really late. Well, it's not really late, but I mean to, to get your keys to an apartment. Sure, yeah. And then, um, and then what was it? Like, I don't think I finally moved in, got all my stuff until like midnight or one. Yeah. Um, but it was funny because that night I got a parking ticket because I, as I was unloading, I was blocking the sidewalk. Yeah. And then I got flashed by this. College yeah, I read kid. that.
0: Where did I read that? Is that on your Is bio? On my bio. Yeah, because yeah. I was like,
1: what? In the world happened to me, you know? so, um, welcome to
0: Madison. Welcome to Madison. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's a pretty good welcome. A, a parking yeah. ticket and getting flashed. Yeah, I thought you know. that was
1: pretty good. And so I spent the summer living like a you know like a grad student basically. Yeah. I feel like which was kind of neat. That's not bad. Not so bad.
0: were you alone for for the summer? Your husband wasn't up yeah,
1: here. Yeah. Well, let's see, I and
0: you moved from is it South Carolina? North Carolina. North,
1: okay. Have you ever been?
0: To no, North Carolina? No, I haven't.
1: It's funny because I feel like a lot of people who maybe have never experienced the Carolinas, yeah, it's like it's like you don't get it until you go there. Sure, you know what? Don't pe- we get? I mean, some people think it's like super Southern. Oh, I don't think that. I, I don't
0: think people think that. You don't think so? No, okay. I, because I mean. It, maybe it's just because it's such a, a vacation destination. I see. Yeah.
1: Okay. So,
0: so I'm sure there are, there are a lot of transplants there. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, if you're on the coast, at least I'm sure more inland, like it's. Yeah, like, it might be a little more southern, but.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because this is going to sound bad, and it's not. They call like so many retirees. They call them like halfbacks because they go. <laughs> it sounds horrible. It's not. It's they, not. Because they, um, it just sounds weird. Um, they go, because most people like will be in the upper East Coast, like yeah. the upper Northeast. And they'll like from New York, let's say, and then they move to Florida mm-hmm. and then they come halfback to North Carolina. And North, because North Carolina is really pretty, you've got the beaches, everything is like white picket fence. Um, but then you've got like cities like Raleigh and Charlotte that yeah. are super, you know, like metropolitan and really cool and it's not i i guess it's not the deep south is that you where know? you're from originally no no i grew up in the midwest too i grew up okay. in missouri
0: oh well i see i I, has, I hate that that's called the midwest because, what What? you know what more uh, i should say more that if missouri is the midwest wisconsin and minnesota shouldn't be we should be called the North Well the mid North.
1: I will agree with you on that because see, when I grew up, like I was kinda of like, Where is Wisconsin? Yeah. I have no idea. Like that is like what is that called? Like the the northern part of the country? Yeah. You know, I was just like, I don't get it. Um But, like, you know, okay, so let's just say Missouri. Um, I grew up near Kansas City. My husband grew up near St. Louis. Mm -hmm. So, St. Louis is the gateway to the West. Uh, Kansas City is the heart of America. And, like, Kansas City supposedly is, like, literally the center of the country. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So see, we are the it's, Midwest. It's mid. I, I think the West part is what. Like, oh yeah. Uh, how is that West? It's it's central. I know. Central, I know. know.
1: Well, another thing too is I never thought of Texas as the South. Yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know <laughs> because probably because it was like Missouri. Oh gosh. Um. I don't know my geography. Missouri, Louisiana. Cool. No, no. Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana, and yeah. then Texas is like. There, yeah, yeah,
0: but well, you know, I think I think people from Wisconsin, uh, they hear Missouri and that's the south,
1: yeah, I know, but it's it's well, and you know, what's funny is that like every every I shouldn't say everyone, a lot of people I grew up with had extremely southern dialects, sure, and I and so and I, I but
0: people in southern Illinois have southern (laughs) dialects, that's true. I hate getting down to that, like, even just um. Like the normal area, Mm -hmm. normal Illinois. Like you get down there and they're like, howdy. And I'm like.
1: I know. But you
0: live in Chicago. I know. (laughs) You need to be talking like da bears.
1: (laughs) Da bears. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I will say that is Because I, let's see, I worked in southwest Missouri for like eight years. And that's like Springfield, Branson. Mm -hmm. And that is super uh, like twangy and southern. Well, Branson,
0: Missouri. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I know. Music.
1: I know yeah. it's it's actually Branson. If you ever have a chance, Branson is a really neat place to go. Really? Yeah. Cool. I I mean I <laughs> I don't know if I can. Let's not that. let's not explain
0: it any more than that. <laughs> I know,
1: but I really I really like Branson. Branson's kind of like I
0: hear good things. Yeah, I, it's kind of like the I Dells. hear it's a really neat place to go.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: It is. Yeah. It
1: is a wonderful place. I actually really loved that place, but it was not necessarily where we were going to stay forever. I mean, yeah. I actually Madison is the cool. I don't want to say this because uh, someone be, will be offended. somebody from someone uh, will be offended. Yeah. But Madison is the coolest, coolest city we've ever lived in. I, you know,
0: so. uh, Hey, we'll take it. Yeah, uh, uh, Seattle is the coolest city. I I didn't live there, but that oh, okay. I've been. I love Seattle. I like the Pacific Northwest in general. Yeah. So, I, I in fact, I had plans to move there. Why didn't you? Met a girl, married her. Oh,
1: okay. Ashley. Yes. 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 Uh,
0: So actually, uh, I'm sure the listeners of this podcast are tired of this story, but I actually like it. It's a good story. Uh, My best friend moved to Seattle four or five, maybe four years ago now. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And um, I finally went out to visit him in November of 2013 and loved it. Like fell in love. I was like, all right, May 2014, I'm moving here.
1: Did it rain? Um, yeah, uh,
0: off and on, okay. b- but not like, I, I don't know. I looked at it like um, like the mountains in Colorado where it literally thunderstorms every day during the summer, but for 30 minutes and then it's done. Sure. That's how it was in Seattle when I was there. <clears throat> so uh, got back from Seattle uh, and like that week was like, I'm making plans to move out there. I'm going to sock money away here and mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Started looking for jobs so that when I got out there I could start working. Um, and then the Sunday after I got back, so like four days after I got back, I met my wife. Oh wow! Yeah.
1: How did you meet your wife?
0: Uh, okay, Cupid, and I'm not ashamed to say yeah, that at great. all. Uh, in fact, I have a joke um, because. Uh, I like to refer to myself as like the world's most impulse shopper, mm-hmm. buyer, because she was the very first person I saw. <laughs> <laughs> she, I must have her. <laughs> she was the first person I saw, the first person I talked to on there, and I went, that one. I, I'll take that one. Wow. So we started talking that night, that, and it was you know the very first night that I had an account on there. And uh, we started talking, and then somehow we realized that um, we had met. Nine months previous, so oh, wow. so this was November 2013. Okay. So nine months previous would be January. So that I used to work for Badger Bus here in town, uh, picking up disabled people and taking them to oh, the awesome. destinations, things like that. So I was picking up this woman from this salon on University Avenue. And uh, William John Salon, go check it out. (laughs) My wife will cut your hair. So I I go in, and um, as I walk in, the woman I'm picking up is putting on her coat, and the woman who I assume cut her hair is coming from the back, getting behind the counter. And uh, this woman I was picking up was like, well, how about him? He's awfully handsome. Why don't you two date? No way. And, And I laughed, and she blushed. And the the old woman stuck her finger in my face and said, young man, you ask this young lady out on a date right now. And I very jokingly smiled and tipped my head and gave her the gun finger and said, pick you up Friday at 8? And then turned around and walked out the door because I had a schedule to keep. I had to get going. Right. So me and this lady are in the bus, and she's telling me about her life story. It's not till two blocks down the road that I realized when I said, pick you up Friday at 8? This girl from the salon, her response was to just silently nod her head yes. And I was like, I totally could have gone out with that girl. Like, she was cute. I could have asked her out on a date for real. I should go back there sometime and and ask her out. I never did. For nine months, I thought about her. Like, any time I went out in Madison with friends, I'd go, well, maybe that cute girl from the salon will be at the bar tonight, blah, 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 blah. Wow. And then we randomly meet, uh... Nine months later.
1: But when you saw her online, did you recognize... Did, didn't, didn't click. Didn't, it didn't, she,
0: it okay. clicked for her. Um, wow. She, she goes, I think we've met. and uh, My my grandfather was also a pastor and um, uh, of a fairly large church in Madison for okay. 40 years. And so it's very common for me to meet people and then to go... You look from here. And, and so I said, well, my grandpa's this. And she goes, no, it's not from there. And then she made the connection. <gasps>
1: so it was like meant to be do you believe okay no no you don't uh, believe
0: it was she, like a, she does okay uh, I, I don't like that idea because I think love is a choice uh, I, I I think the the idea of fate or I'm meant to be with you you're my soulmate I feel like that cheapens love a little bit
1: really yeah I mean I, th- I don't think that I, don't, I mean because here's the thing I've always told my husband this I love him to death I don't I can't imagine my life without him. Yeah. But I always say, if I die, you know, before you, and you know, I want you to fall in love again, and I want you to meet someone, I want you to be happy. And he'll always say, no, 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 it's not going to happen. I said, you're not hurting my feelings. Like yeah. I really believe that there's more than one person out there for each yeah. person, but you you know you hope to be with someone, the one person forever. But yeah. you know, this just sometimes it's not possible. Yeah. But um, but I do believe I I don't know if it's fate. Some I always say like it's a God thing because I, um, and you know, and I don't mean to be, you know, I don't, you know, I know people have different feelings about that, yeah. but um, I just feel like my life has worked in such a weird way in so many different ways because I was adopted Mm -hmm. and all this jazz. So, you know, I feel like there's just no way that that could have been. Planned, you know, yeah. by me anyway. You yeah, know, and there's no way I could have worked towards that. It just happened. Yeah. So,
0: so I mean, I am a yeah. religious person, and and I do think God works in mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think God was like you're meant to be with this girl. If anything, this is what I I <laughs> I've said to Ashley. I said I will give you this. I think if God's up there, uh, you know wanting to meddle into people's personal relationships. If anything, it was this. Oh, Adam and and Ashley, that might be kind of... Let's just see... See Let's just kind of scoot it towards that and see if they click. Sure. I don't think it was like a... So you don't have to answer this, but are you a religious person?
1: Well, yes and no. Okay. Um, I I was raised... Religious, mm-hmm. and then um, I kind of had a weird experience in the church that I went to. Yeah, and so then I stopped going to church when I was like in my teens. And um, my parents, they were always really supportive. Like my mom taught Bible school, and uh, but my dad didn't really go to church, but he always supported it. Sure. And um, then when I got older in college, I started going to mass. Mm-hmm. I was I actually uh, grew up non-denominational yeah. and then like when I was in junior high my church turned to like assembly of god and then my sure. youth yeah, and then my Old youth, AG. I know and then my youth pastor left the ag left our church to go to a baptist church so and yeah. then we all followed him yeah I mean so it was kind of like oh yeah whatever you know we just believe in jesus so mm-hmm. you know and um and then I had a really weird like church camp experience and it was just overwhelming for me so i just yeah. quit yeah um and you know the ba- the the Baptist church that we went to was really strict and conservative. I,
3: I would
0: have been.
1: <laughs> my mom made me culottes. I had like so many culottes in my um <laughs> in my closet. So, you know, there were a lot of and in the church that we went to um like we did like these tent rev- like these youth revivals in the yeah. summer so we I'm like, very
0: familiar. Yeah, okay. having okay. grown up in oh, okay, church. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> Being a pastor's yeah. kid. Yeah. But
1: um but you know I just uh, it was uh, we just had this interesting church experience and so I was like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to go back and yeah. so um but I still like always had a relationship I felt like with God, you know, but uh, but I stopped going to church and then when I was in my 20s, I started or like my In my college age, uh, college years, I went to Mass with my best friend Mm. and at the time my boyfriend. And then um, I converted when I was 23, but I didn't finish... I didn't finish my classes because I took a job, a reporting job in Missouri. And my news director asked me to start on good Friday. And so I was supposed to be confirmed in the Catholic church on that Friday. And I said, because I was so, um,
0: well, we found that priest and right now,
1: well, because you know, you're not confident at 23, you know? And so I was like, Oh yeah, sure. I can start on Friday. I should have just said, you know, I have a really big life event. Can I start on Monday? Yeah. And so what ended up happening was I moved to Missouri and had to take another Full year of classes, and then um, and then was confirmed. Sure, a le- year later, and cool. so my husband. I, you know, I and feel I, like you
0: don't hear too much about the uh, conversion to Catholicism.
1: Yeah, and I feel really bad um, because I didn't really pay attention in any of the classes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's terrible. So you don't know what I you don't believe.
2: Know what-
1: I believe it all. I don't know. I mean, and that's the thing, too. Like, uh, because I'm adopted, my, my birth parents for a long time were Buddhist, you know? So yeah. I felt like I was getting a lot—I had a lot of interest in, you know, being in Buddhist thought, you know? Sure. and And— um, so I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, where, where <laughs> we, we should be going to mass. You know, I know we should. Nah, whatever. But you know,
0: uh, I, listen, I'm a pastor's kid who doesn't go to church. So uh, I have a faith, and it's a personal faith. Yeah. So I, I don't need to be in a building for it. I'm going to catch flack for saying that from my family. But oh whatever.
1: no, but you know, God is all around us. Yeah, no matter what, you know, whatever you believe, there's there's so much, uh, so much love and beauty in nature, and I you know I really yeah. feel that way. So. Here,
0: here's my faith. We don't have to keep talking because it, it's going <laughs> to yeah. turn people off a little bit but my faith in in um in a nutshell is the, the scripture first john 4 8 it says anyone who does not know love cannot know god because god is love so my faith is to love people because sure. if if they don't know love because i'm not loving them then they can't know god that's that's, that's all it is for that's me great. so uh where were you born
1: um i was born in busan south korea
0: okay It is... Have you been? Yes. Okay.
1: Um, Let's see. How much time do I have? I mean, obviously, uh, (laughs) been. you were born there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, okay, so I'll try to make this really uh, concise. So I was born in South Korea... 1979 and my parents charles and sharon were in missouri and already kind of like going towards like uh you know feeling the paperwork out for adoption and doing home studies and all that stuff so by the time they were finished with their home study they got a picture of me and um, it's called a referral. So it's like, hey, Charles and Sharon, here's a referral for you. And it's my b- my baby picture. Yeah. And they have to say, you know, yes, we'll take her or no, we won't, you know. So they took me. And so six months later, um, and this is like, you know, back in the day where you could just like walk up to the gate, of course. So uh, and adoption was different than they would just deliver you. So you really? know, like. I came to Kansas City on a big plane full of... wasn't a little plane. Yeah, a little plane. On a little plane. (laughs) But I I came on a plane um, with a a plane full of uh, Korean babies and Korean nurses.
2: That's so strange. Yeah,
1: I know. And so they just stopped in Kansas City, and um, all these parents were waiting for their children. And back then, my dad was like... My flight was late. It was delayed because there was a sick child. So... Like we, I think my parents were like in and out of the airport for like thirty six hours or something yeah, crazy, wow. you know. And so my dad got really impatient um, and kind of like started going down the the little hallway or what is that, you know? So
0: like the, the
1: I was thinking, like tarmac, the, but that's not the word. The uh,
0: word uh, the jetway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: uh, and and before they even yeah. could like say you know Charles and Jaren Sherwood, uh, my dad was like, "That's my baby. Oh, I'm yeah. just gonna take it." <laughs> So, um, so like my parents are awesome. I love them. Um, they tried to adopt another child, but it didn't work out. It, it, here's what's interesting is that they lived in a little town in Missouri called Brookfield and, um, super small. And because the, like the because people knew that my parents had an Asian child, they went to my parents. This is so weird, you know? They went to my parents and said, "Hey, there is a half Japanese boy um, who who is in need of a home or whatever. So, would you be interested in fostering them?" <laughs> hey,
0: we know we know Foster you got them. a thing for Asians. <laughs> I like,
1: know. we heard. Yeah, and so my mom's like, "I didn't even know like who that you know. I don't even know how my name got passed around." So, um, he was a little older and he needed some more attention. Basically, long story sure he tried to kill me and so I, he was, I mean it's not funny but he did. Um I was two and like he was five and he came from a really um violent family yeah. and so uh he like I was in the sandbox and he had a hammer and he was going to hit me with it and my mom was this is like kind of building up to a lot of things like he would used to pinch me and hit me and stuff like that and, yeah. but, um, but my mom and dad were really trying to make it work but that just scared them so then
0: rightfully I, so yeah
1: so they said you know we really would like to see him in a home with like all boys or like maybe he's the only child that we feel like our family is complete we that's just, really can't awesome can't that it. like they had
0: the, the foresight to be like hey we we cannot help here
1: I know, you know I because me? I feel
0: like a lot of a lot of families would be like all right, we really got to batten down the hatches and really, yeah. really help out.
1: I mean, my parents feel, I think they feel a little guilt about it, you know, but they just, they got they got scared and they thought well we just we want the best for both children yeah. but, but Michelle is ours we've had her for you know since she was a baby and so this isn't going to work for us but so that's why I grew up as an only child yeah. that was my basic story for that um but then um and my parents are were rural like mm-hmm. uh my dad I joke and my dad was the kind of guy who wore like overalls with like no shirt on underneath yeah. so
2: like, you know he was just
1: kind of <laughs> He's a great you know, we he grew up like husband, he a farmer. Yeah. He, well, he like grew up on a farm okay. in Missouri, and, but then like he um he did construction when I was a kid. But we like throughout my Childhood, we would have various farm animals. Like when I was a kid, we had like when I was like five, we had um, you know a handful of cattle and a horse yeah. Yeah. and some chickens. And a goat. so he was a farmer. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, well, I, like a hobby farmer is. I feel, like, is I feel like if you I mean, if
0: you have more if you have enough cows to say cattle, oh, okay, uh, then, then you're a wait, farmer.
1: Okay. Yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah. But that wasn't, like, how he made his money. Sure, you know, he yeah. was, Like, we had two pigs, and I really, I remember having those pigs and loving them. And then, like... And then eating them. And then eating <laughs>
2: them. <animal>. terrible. <laughs>
1: so, yeah. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I grew up very rural. And um, when I was, like, a teenager, I started going to these Korean heritage camps. I like hmm. had I wanted nothing to do with Korean culture at all. But then, one year, I was like, oh, I saw this ad, and I, I kind of want to go to this Korean camp. So, I went and met a ton of adoptees. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, like, my story was just like every other person's story. You know, I, like, oh, I'm the only Asian kid in my school or, yeah. <clears throat> you know, or it's my parents embarrass me so much, you know, <laughs> like, whatever.
3: Did
0: you, did oh. you ever have the, the so I, when I was a kid, I don't remember why I used to think about this, but, I, like, my brother used to tell me I was adopted. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: And, and I've always wondered uh, about, like, because you see in, in TV and movies, when the kid finds out he's adopted, it's like... Heartbreaking. Yeah. And so I would imagine, uh, you know, for some people who are adopted, it's very clear to them from an early age that they're adopted right. because of the difference of skin color. Or you
1: don't something. know that, though. Really? Yeah, because... Okay, so first of all, my dad has a little bit darker pigment. Like, he okay. like he looks... Um, like, he always looks like he has a great tan. So yeah. um, I always thought I looked like him. Hmm. And my parents... Some people sit down there, sit their kids down and say, You're adopted. Yeah. But like my parents would always be like, One day this little girl came over on the yeah. plane. You know, they would always say those stories. And so um, I always knew that I was adopted, but I, you don't really know what it means. Sure. And so I remember being when I was in kindergarten, I started kindergarten in Oklahoma and, um, that's when I knew I was different because that's when I actually started getting teased. Hmm. So it was kids like, are the worst. They are the worst. Those little brats. Yeah. No, no, I love kids, but they don't, um, they see beauty in a lot of things, but then they also are kind of, you know, I got a lot of, I got a lot of taunting.
0: They're, they're also yeah. little shits. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but, but yeah. did, did you ever have like the, the attitude of like, you're not my real parents Oh
1: heck yeah really? not, yeah I mean because
0: uh I, I had the attitude of I wish you weren't my parents.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I know well see it works both ways because sometimes I would be like well my parents chose me you know <laughs> um but then I would be like I wish I could be in Korean." and my parents would be like yeah we do too with your little bratty <laughs> attitude
0: that's too funny
1: so yeah I mean um, but, but you know but I wouldn't trade it for the world like yeah. we were you know we were we had a great yeah. I had a great experience when, um
0: when was the first time you went uh, over to korea
1: so okay so in high school i went after i graduated high school this is not recommended by the way in any uh, by like adoption
0: to go meet experts.
2: them
1: <clears throat> yeah it's well it's not it's not ideal to like graduate high school and then go to korea as like some rite of passage like this is my motherland i'm home you know <laughs> um but like now like adoption experts want like families to go together yeah like you know at oh a you went age. by yourself yeah, so I went by myself because yeah. my friend had done it the year before. Sure. And so I went to the adoption agency, and I you can walk in and open your file. Like they'll find your file for you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we had an appointment and all that stuff. But um, so when I opened my file, I saw all these pictures that my mom had sent to Korea. Like oh okay. Just like I mean, it was like my dance pictures, or you know, or my baby pictures, or whatever, and. To me, that was amazing because the idea was if my birth mother stopped by, maybe she could see that I sure. was well-adjusted. Yeah. She never did. But yeah. um, I had like a moment where I was like, can you find my birth parents? And the social worker said, no, it's not really how it works. You have to go back to the United States and fill out paperwork and pay money. And then if we find them, you can come back. Yeah. And I said, but I'm never going to come back to Korea. You know? <laughs> and so uh, I think because she was like 22 she said, uh,
0: "Slip me twenty and I'll do it." <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, she. I think because I was eighteen, she was twenty-two. I think she had never met anyone. Yeah. And so she, uh, she like went rogue, I guess, and uh, located my birth mom.
0: Yeah. How was that? Was Crazy. Disappointing. Like, no. Was, I feel like it's this thing could, that could be built up your whole oh, life. Yeah. Oh, it totally I, is. And I feel like. It's like wanting to go see that movie. Like, this is yeah. a terrible analogy. But building up this <laughs> movie, you want to see so much. And then you go, and you're like, well, I mean, it was good. But, like, it wasn't...
1: Yeah. Well, because you always have this you have this little orphan Annie kind of yeah I yeah. mean you can't help it you know you're like I bet my I bet my real mom was great you <laughs> they're, know she's they're beautiful rich yeah. And yeah yeah so um yeah so you kind of it's not disappointing at all but it's weird you know like yeah. it's like you you know you uh, in walks a woman who just looks like a woman you know mm-hmm. and you kind of look at her and go, are you really related to me? Did I really come out of you like yeah. what, what, what's going on here um but it it was interesting because my uh birth mother and birth father were still married okay and they had three other daughters so two <clears throat> two older than me and one younger than me and my birth mother had kept my uh, adoption a secret so um my fa- my birth father was like a like a like he worked like I guess at sea, like he was a, I don't know if he was like a fisherman or if he was like, I don't know what he did, Yeah. but, um, he was, she was pregnant and he went away and she gave birth and she, f- I guess like freaked out, you yeah. know, cause she already had like a two year old and a one year old. And then I was there.
0: Yeah. So and she was um, alone.
1: And she was alone. Yeah. They weren't like making a lot of money, and so she relinquished me, and then kept that secret for like ever. And then when he came back from his job, uh, in consoling one another, she got pregnant again. So yeah. my youngest sister is like a year and a half younger than me. Interesting. That's yeah, very interesting. So um,
0: was it? This is fascinating. <laughs> like for your, for your birth mother, was it like? was there a connection for her or was she just like, Oh, Hey, hi.
1: Oh no, she was, um, I like, I remember because I was so nervous. Yeah. Um, the taxi ride over to the hotel where we met I was like shaking. And I think that was, I mean, I was like on the verge of tears like the whole time because it was just so real. And if like, also I wanted my mom and dad there, you know, because, yeah. like I needed my, I needed my mom, <laughs> you know, I really did. And, um, if we had known any of the stuff, what would, have was going to happen, we probably would have, had my mom and dad come, you know? Yeah. Um, but we didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. And it's so rare that it would happen like that now anyway. But, um, yeah, it was, it was crazy because I was like sitting at a table like this and the door opens and this woman literally just runs to me, like almost tackles me. Green people. people. <laughs> Korean people are very hard huggers, anyway. <laughs> like they hug you and they pat you on the back really yeah. hard. Um, so that was new. And she was just sobbing, and I really felt like I got like attacked by a linebacker or something. Oh, you nice! Know? Like I was like, "What? <laughs> Who? I didn't even see you, lady. Like, what happened?" Yeah. Um, and then I remember there was a lot of crying, and we sat at the table, and then like literally like twenty minutes later, it was like Michelle, the good translator. Yeah. What day were you born? I'm like October thirteenth. And then you hear the, hear her talk to the, mm-hmm. the translator talk to my birth mother, and she's like, "Oh yeah, that's her." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I was like, "Well, good thing we oh, went good. through all <laughs> that yeah, right? uh, because you know." But th- when we look at each other now, we have like the same like crooked pinky. Yeah. And, um, What's crazy is that my sister married a guy from Wisconsin. Like hmm. they met in China. Yeah. So now my sister lives on the east side of Madison with me.
0: That's so weird.
1: Yeah, it's totally weird. Like so now we're actually getting acquainted as real sisters. Yeah. Um, and so
0: that's crazy. Yeah.
1: And we're finding out we have a lot of things in common. So, yeah. you know, like we like to cook or we like to
0: well, create, you know, a lot like of people like to cook. Well, I
1: know. I know. That's,
0: not, I know. Not, hey, we both like breathing oxygen.
1: Hey, we both like yeah. Well, I guess you're right on that. Nah, I'm that, sorry, I no, shouldn't have no, said no, no. that. That was rude. The, no, it wasn't rude. Um, because,
0: we both like watching TV. Can you both
1: Oh uh, yeah, that's a really bad. Yeah, I don't know, but we do find like we have kind of the same attitude about things, you mm-hmm. know. And um, random things like um, that
0: whole nurture versus nature thing is is a mind it's trip, fascinating.
1: Right? And I really think that there is. I'm. I feel blessed, like going back to just being like that's totally out of my hands. Like we have so much in common. Like in, like in terms of like life or in terms of skills and maybe interests or talents yeah. that I didn't have with my mom and dad mm-hmm. and so that's why I'm like that is really neat um, like I used to always love singing well my sister is like a like an awesome singer um and i mean just stuff like that that it's like i catch myself uh doing a lot of like weird humming you know like if i'm in the kitchen or whatever and you know this is i guess this is like going back to where you said but my my birth mother does that too so like my sister is always like you sound like our mother when you do that yeah. you know but um but my mom and dad um I think they think it's interesting and fascinating because they feel like they have another daughter here too. Sure. So, yeah. Are, really, are your parents really, still weird. in Missouri? They're still in Missouri. They're coming up in like three days. Oh, so. That's very exciting. Yeah. Uh,
0: so I have a question that I okay. just thought of that's, that is weird. Uh, <laughs> Michelle Lee.
1: Oh yeah. Is
0: that your real, like, is that your oh my God. Korean last name or is it your parent? Like, a,
1: first of all, thank you. Yeah. Because, um, Okay, because no one ever asked me that.
0: Yeah, oh, I, well, I was just sitting here thinking, I was like, wait a second, she was adopted by <laughs> Farmers yeah. from Missouri. She, the name on there is Lee. I, I, I just feel like there's yeah. a disconnect there.
1: Well, here's what's crazy. So, my last name was Sherwood. So, if you ever want to, if you ever are bored, mm-hmm. Google Michelle Sherwood sure. and see what comes up, all kinds of, ra- I had a blog that I don't know how to take down, <laughs> so
0: i like, there's all kinds of stuff. It's there. a lot of embarrassing words. I
1: know, I'm like, oh, God. Um... Then, you know, when I started in news, I met, I interned in Topeka, Kansas, and Mm -hmm. a news director said, you should really change your name. To something Asian <laughs> And I said Well
0: I said, you offended I, by that
1: Oh hell yeah You know yeah. I was like I'm not Asian though You know I have yeah. white Like you understand I have white parents And yeah. I really feel like That's disrespectful To my parents You know yeah. And um, the, yeah yeah But you know I think you'll go farther In this business If you have a
0: He's right you
1: know, He's right, he's totally right So I didn't You know I didn't I said well thank you For the advice And I never changed it So I, for years I was Michelle Sherwood On air mm-hmm. And then when we moved Out of Missouri I just kind of felt like i guess it's time yeah. right like and it was amazing the difference in response because you're sending out links and tapes and you know sure. getting people to respond um so that changed quite a bit like people would say oh yeah michelle lee I, do, I don't think people do it on purpose but i think people are like well if we're gonna have someone who's asian looking <laughs> <laughs> I think people do it on purpose. No, yeah, I, I, I think, think
0: you're it, right. I think they I do. I think it you is a, a total subconscious thing that you would, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and honestly, I know a lot of adoptees who have done that for their for professional reasons.
0: Sure. So,
1: okay. So my, f-
0: it, I mean, it is kind of Michelle Sherwood is a little distracting. Uh,
1: yeah, because you're. I, people used to be like, "Well, honey, is your dad is your daddy white?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> I would always like, oh, "Well, yeah, but not in the way that you think." You know? Yeah. Um. But, yeah, so you know, so I changed it, um, nothing legal, but um, my, okay, wait, a minute. so my birth family's last name is Park, okay. But I thought Park just sounded too... I was like, it I'm was not going to go Sherwood to Park, you yeah. know. I mean, I could go Pac, but I didn't yeah. want to sound like a... I felt like, you know, I think of like...
0: a like caricature. I can't
1: bro. do Pac. So yeah. um, so in Korea, the the woman always keeps her name, her last name, but the children always take the father's name. Okay. So my birth mother's name is... Her last name's Lee. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, if you're ever on Facebook, sometimes she will, she doesn't really get Facebook, but sometimes she'll pop in and like one of my pictures or like sure. say something in Korean. Yeah. So her name's Hang Soon Lee. Um, and so I thought, okay, I'll change it to Lee. Michelle Lee kind of sounds okay. Yeah. And then I thought, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm just going to change it to L-I because L-I sounds more Asian. Asian. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there was like a whole strategy behind it, um, which is well, kind of embarrassing, so but that's, the business. Yeah,
0: exactly. that's the, the, the business. The fact that that's the business is mm-hmm. so weird and strange. And
1: you know what? It's funny because I have a lot of friends, even in our newsroom, who have actual different names. Yeah. Like, who had to change their name at one point for whatever reason. Um, and they're not Asian. I mean, just, these are just white people you know,
3: yeah.
2: who yeah.
1: changed their names because they didn't like the way it sounded. Or someone said You should really change your name if you want to succeed in this business. And I have a friend now who's actually going through a name change just on air because his name is too closely related to another guy's name already on air. I mean, just stuff like that that you're like, wow, it's so weird. Yeah. Um, But like, I remember being completely embarrassed that like I was 30 years old going from Michelle Sherwood to Michelle Lee. Like, what are my friends? What? my friends would be like, who the heck is this on Facebook? This is you, you know? (laughs) It was, so it was hard. It was a hard adjustment, but now I'm used to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it works. So whatever. Like I said, the guy was right.
1: And like, you know, in 10 years, it might not, 20 years, it won't matter. So I'll be, my married name
0: yeah so. <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna plug something oh, okay okay sort of like a live read so we'll, we'll we'll plug it together okay michelle you're a woman yes i am i'm sure you buy clothes i do and clothes are expensive aren't they they are especially women's clothes exactly Ugh, I can't That's imagine terrible. as a guy i can shop at target exclusively and buy flannels and Wonderful. it's very cheap
1: i like your flannels too
0: thank you uh but uh i have a friend who uh, owns a women's clothing exchange boutique. Okay. Uh, it's called Upshift. It's on Johnson Street. Have Upshift. you heard of
1: Upshift? No, I haven't.
0: Uh, my friend's name is Lindsay Lino. Lindsay Lino, I think is her name? <laughs> anyway. She's a great friend. <laughs> well, it's, no. she was my she was Ashley's uh, maid of honor, oh, actually. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Upshift uh, uh, sponsored uh, our last event, and so I told them that I would do this. Give which, them a plug. They're, they're really awesome. It, I mean, it, if... I wish I was a woman. (laughs) (laughs) If I were a woman, I would take advantage of this. What Upshift does is you can bring in a bag of clothes, uh, of your old clothes. Bring it in. You pay $20, and you can leave with up to three bags of of new-to-you clothes. Nice. Uh, If you go in and mention Madison Story Slam, they'll give you $5 off. So that's like a whole new wardrobe for only $15. Oh, I love it.
1: I have a bag of clothing right now in the corner of my closet. Maybe I should go. I'm just go. saying, that,
0: like I, my Ashley gets all of her clothes from there. Like, I love she that. She doesn't buy new clothes. It's it's always uh, the exchange. So.
1: I actually really like that. So, yeah, yeah I do For that fi-
0: for fifteen mm-hmm. or twenty dollars, like it's cheap.
1: Great. Yeah. I'll have to go there. I'll have to go there.
0: Yeah. Uh, actually, Lindsay told me she met you this this past weekend. I believe.
1: Was it all dressed up? Maybe.
0: I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. 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 Okay. So.
2: Cool. And I'm gonna go see her. I there's there's, the, say there's the plug. Yeah, I love uh, that.
0: But seriously, go go shop there, listeners, because if you're a woman or if you're sick of your wife buying tons of new clothes, tell her <laughs> to go there. It's on Johnson Street. It's awesome. Great. Okay, so there's the plug. I got that out. That's, of the way. that was That's a, was a really, very nice right? plug. That's a very <laughs> it good was a good plug. live read. Like it, it was really uh, it, it flew flowed. Flew, it,
1: it flowed well. Flowed, it flowed well, there you go. Very well. natural. It flew it flowed well.
0: well. Um <laughs> What else can we talk about? I don't uh, know. I don't know. You know, I've been interested this whole week about um, news. Yeah, we've had some pretty big news uh, over the last week. This this actually won't be put up till next week on okay. Tuesday or Wednesday. But um, so last week was Tony Robinson, mm-hmm. um, really tragic thing that happened in our city. Um, but it, it, knowing that I was going to be interviewing you and having you on the podcast, it it made me think. As a podcaster, I am I am free to have an opinion on on news. Yeah. But as a newscaster, there are, I feel like, are you allowed to have an opinion, or do you just have to report?
1: You just have to report, and that's the thing that's tough because, um, like, I feel very strongly that there are some issues that are just really not negotiable. You know, like. Yeah. Um, you know, no one likes child molesters. No one likes, you know, no one likes murder. You know what I mean? No and one if li- they do,
0: there's a bigger problem <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. So, I
1: mean, like, I just, there's some things that are just common sense where you're like, that is just unacceptable in the whole part of being a human being.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, I think this story is so difficult because it's emotionally and racially charged mm-hmm. and, you know... <laughs>
0: There's a lot of angles. There's with, a lot of angles.
1: One. And the truth is we don't know all the answers. You know, and
0: probably I, never will.
1: I know. And that's yeah. that's a big part of journalism itself or cases in general. So let's just take this case and, and not talk about Tony Robinson. Yeah. But like I've always said, you only know the truth as you know it. And mm. people you know, want the truth. But there's... You can be, you and I can be in the same room and see something totally different. Totally. Totally differently. And, you know, the thing is, like, how many stories have we done where someone was found guilty of murder and is on death row, and then DNA evidence comes out and that person is exonerated? Mm-hmm. You know, so I say, well, the truth was never that he was guilty, but that was the truth as we knew it at the time. Interesting. So, um,. You know, but it's hard, But when you're in a situation like this, especially the the condition of our country right now, I mean, we were up late watching the Ferguson, uh, the Ferguson uh, developing. Yeah, they news. just had two officers get yes. shot. Yeah, and I mean, I just to me, it makes my heart hurt mm-hmm. to see all that. Uh, i i, I can 't even put it into words, but yeah you can 't have an opinion because no matter what people always think you do have an opinion uh, for instance like hmm. the like the police um, there was a pol- a police stand in Yesterday, Yeah. Which was uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. And um, that was the first time that anyone on the pol- – anyone wanted to come out and support police. Okay. Like on television. Yeah. I mean, we've been asking because we felt like we had to have some sort of balance. And it's not – and the thing is, like, I met so many people out at that rally who were like, this is not a protest. This is a stand-in. And we're just really here to show, like, our neighbors that we support them. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that we are against – any efforts towards bringing justice or bringing to light uh, what happened to Tony Robinson. We feel so sorry for their family and their friends, his family and friends. But we also want our neighbor—my our my neighbor is a police officer, and I want him to know that I— Support what he does for a living. Yeah. He, and even Eric Holder today, you know, our attorney general said, you know, police officers have the right to come home alive. Yeah. So I mean, I don't want to get like you know, but I'm just saying. So we did that story yesterday, mm-hmm. along with the uh, with the Tony Robinson protest. And you know, on Facebook, we there's just so much vitriol. We just got slammed for like taking one side, and it was like for are <laughs> even not,
0: though you reported both sides, we
1: did. But you know, but but because it is such a A personal story to so many people, an emotional story to so many people. Sometimes it's hard for people to see how you're trying to be objective, and also, uh, you know, again, the truth is, you know it. So, I'm at this rally, so that's all I can tell you about is what's happening here. I can't tell you what's happening across town because Danica Lewis is covering that, but she'll tell you what happened. Yeah, you know, so it's just. um, it's really tough like this this kind of stuff is really tough. The one thing I will say is that um, our community leaders have been really. Great. I don't Absolutely. feel. I don't feel bad about saying that. You know, they've been very forward and they've been very open.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, More, whether
1: you agree with them or not, you know, they've been. Yeah. They've been very honest.
0: I, I, I feel like uh, the uh, Madison City government officials and communi- community leaders, like you said, uh, have handled this way better than Ferguson did. Oh yeah,
1: Ferguson you know, is like, in trouble. Yeah.
0: It was just it, like it, Ferguson felt so um, protected. Yeah. Like. Uh, we're not going to be vulnerable we're not going to be transparent i feel like madison has done a really good job at saying uh so far this is what we know what happened yeah
3: you know
1: oh yeah i feel the same way i mean i think and i think that i f- i haven't heard really in general like any negative like any negative comments about people being f- yeah. forward yeah you know? so yeah
0: yeah um you know uh, I was trying to talk about this with my last guest and there's not much to say other than it really sucks yeah. it's it's a crappy situation uh, crappy is not the right word like I mean it's it just sucks
1: yeah I mean there's there are no words to really describe it there's I think um you know pain and hurt on bo- you know for both sides yeah and at the end of the day I can't imagine anyone not wanting to a 19 year old to be alive you know so yeah. um but it's very tough you know the, everyone I, wishes tony robinson was alive today absolutely
0: you know? and i i keep coming to that in my mind uh and then having discussions with people who are really angry and i and I, I understand the anger
1: sure absolutely
0: but what i what i wish that some people would understand is that it's not like it for sure madison police i would imagine i hope that it's not like Madison police are going out there going, I get to kill a person today, hope I get to kill a person today. Nobody goes out there thinking they're going to do that. Um, It was a tragic turn of events that happened, and and it just happened.
1: I know. It's... um i know that the police department has done a lot of training because we've worked with them like we did a a story with like nami working Mm -hmm. with the police department um there's still a lot of work to be done obviously but it's uh i would hope that no one goes out there with like some sort of mission to you know do harm to other people i don't think that's why people sign up for the police force. i hope not right i mean but you know like just like every um It's just hard to put into words, you know, but it just just, you hope that people do it for the right reasons. And I I have a hard time believing just as a human being that people are malicious enough to to do something wrong. But that being said, there's more work to be done. Yeah, I I mean,
0: I I, I, uh, I'm an honest person and I try to do the right thing or whatever and so like when people lie to me like I, I just always believe it because I'm like <laughs> I know me too I don't people don't have a reason to lie like that's silly why lie so like I I always believe that people want to do the right thing and choose to do the right thing sometimes yeah. that bites me in the butt but.
1: <laughs> I like to believe everybody too you know yeah. but I think that's kind of good from a journalist standpoint because I'll believe you and I'll believe the person who opposes you you yeah. know? because what else can I do you know I, I quite, we ask questions Mm -hmm. you know, but, um, you know, you hope that, like I even said, you know, sometimes we put a lot of trust in people. We go to like a fire scene or like a crime scene. We talk to neighbors. Yeah. Well, we always hope that those neighbors are telling us the truth.
3: See, I think that's interesting because,
0: uh, so much of the general public, if they see something on TV, especially on news, they think, oh, that's true because it was Mm -hmm. on news. And, and what the general public doesn't realize is when somebody's being interviewed on the scene of something, it's not like they're vetted. It's not like right, you check not. their background and whatever. They could be making up everything they're saying.
2: Yeah. Uh, like,
1: uh, you know, to me, it's like I always say, that's why... Um Journalists always have to attribute. So this person said this, you know, this person is telling me this is, you know, and there's a difference. Like if I go out to a fire scene and I see that the apartments are completely, you know, engulfed in flames, then I can say, I saw it with my own eyes. I know that this is a, I know that this is a fire. Now witnesses that I talked to said, you know, they heard a loud boom or they saw a guy with a gas can or whatever it is. That's a different story. But that's really, I always want to stress, like sometimes we can make change and solve crimes and, you know, and give great answers to, you know, things that were unknown, but sometimes we are just there to be the eyes and ears, you know, of what's going on. So, you know, it's
0: observe and report.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just really tough because, you know, some investigative journalism is incredible and you do like ask those questions and you do get the answers and right wrongs and Mm -hmm. all those and hold people accountable and all those things. But, you know, sometimes you're there just to observe, you know, so it's it's interesting. That is hard.
0: It's hard, (laughs) but it, it sounds fun. Like it's a, it's something that I imagine is very satisfying because it's a very satisfying job.
1: I think if you come from a place where you want to help people at the end of the day, and yeah. I think most people, I think most journalists get in it for that. Like real journalists, you know, want to, uh, you so like
0: Rupert Murdoch. Oh
1: God. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to school, I'm not even, a, if you go to school and you, you know, when I went to school, I was like, I'm going to, Bust in, you know, government. I'm going to figure out all these things. And then, you know, it's not so much like that when you get out of school because then your first job, you're like, what? I have to do a live shot. Like, what is that? I'm, oh, (laughs) you know, there are so many other elements, you know, like, oh, deadlines. What what are those? Yeah. Um, So, but ideally, you want um, to, for me, I always think of the community. Like, I want to be able to. Uh, be of, of service to people. Mm-hmm. That's always how I'll, I'll be, and I think that maybe just that comes from a place of how I grew up. I felt like you know being a I don't know like I always felt like being an, an adoptee pushed me to I don't know do what I do now. Yeah, some in some way.
0: So speaking of growing up, mm-hmm. uh, our our next theme is uh for our story slam march 21st okay. it's childhood memories childhood we memories. Kind, of, kind of talked about this yeah. a little bit um and, and i also want to say that uh, you know we're at the wilmar center on jennifer street which i think is really cool that we're in that willie street neighborhood
1: yeah it's a great neighborhood
0: um but especially right now because i feel like um you know we're all about building community through storytelling and um that neighborhood right now needs some community building. Sure. Uh, and, and so I think it's really awesome that we're in that neighborhood at this time. Uh, and offer that for people. So, childhood memories. I'm curious if you have any uh, any story any that, that comes to mind just off the theme, the very vague theme the very vague. of child <laughs> childhood memories.
1: Um. Oh my gosh, well, you know, I think. Uh, well, they're general. Uh, you know, like my my one of my favorite childhood memories is going fishing with my grandpa. Yeah, we'd always go crappie fishing and bass fishing. Um.
2: Hmm. <laughs> I don't know.
0: How about, how about, uh, I mean, I could prompt you a little bit. Okay, uh, you prompt probably- I don't know embarrassing stories that you might have from childhood. Are oh. one of our uh, more recent themes? Were was puberty? Oh God! Um, and we had some pretty good stories. Just a, a better a better way of saying it was like awkward adolescence. Yeah. That would have been a better theme title. But
1: yeah, well, I um, I was thinking of my one of my most embarrassing moments. I remember in high school, like I thought I would run track, and so I was like a pretty fast like sprinter. But my coach was like, "I want you to do the 400. Yeah, and so I was like, "Okay," but I also thought. I was like a superstar softball player, which I wasn't. I played right field, which was just horrible. <laughs> like I was not good. I, so I never went to the track practices because I was always at softball practices. And um, I remember the first meet that I ran, I like full on like ran as hard as I could. Yeah. And I only made it like halfway, and then basically I was like walking at the end. And it was—I remember that was—it was, was just—it's it, like such a stupid story, but I remember the like the my friends were like mortified. Like, you you know, you cross the finish line and people were like, Oh, that was horrible. Yeah. I remember how terrible I felt on that during that. Um, I did a lot of stupid stuff as a kid, but you know, of course I'm drawing a blank right now, but, um,
0: I mean, but, I did yeah. give you fair warning. Yeah, no. you
1: know, <laughs> you know, I was the tallest girl in my class in sixth grade, and I haven't grown since. Well, so
0: I was the tallest guy in my class in mm-hmm. sixth grade, and really? I have grown since.
1: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Well, Eric and I were just talking about the today during the news because I always have to stand on a box when I do. <laughs> <this>. <laughs>
0: really? Mm-hmm.
1: And I have a red box and a blue box. That's
0: so funny. Yeah,
1: the red box is for is is taller, so it's for the days I'm wearing flats, and the sure. blue box is for days that I'm wearing heels.
0: Makes sense. Yeah. It's so the he, glass life of a news anchor.
1: Yeah. Susan Simon goes, how tall are you? And I said, 4'11". She goes, no, really. How tall are you? Wow, I was like, 4'11". 4'11"? I,
0: think, I think that's how tall Danny DeVito is. I think no. It, I think he's 4'11". He is,
1: no, he's like 4'6". No,
0: no. I think he's 4'11". So, oh, yeah. nothing wrong with that. Nothing
1: wrong with it, except for like, you know, every year you keep getting a little wider. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm still growing. I'm just not growing taller.
0: Yeah. I, you know, my ideal height was always 6'7". I... And I stopped at six foot five.
1: Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's really. I good. still
0: wish for those two inches.
1: Yeah. Jim is, my husband is six one. Yeah. I think so. It's so funny because I didn't, I don't realize how different in height, you know, we are until, until you
0: see a picture of you together. Yeah, And then I'm yeah. like, how
1: did you marry me? It's yeah. so weird. I
0: see my dad is six, four and my brother is six, four. And we, we always talk about how we don't feel like giants. Mm-hmm. We don't feel, but you
1: tall. are a giant essentially. Because
0: usually if you're talking to somebody, you're not standing right up next to them. So you're not looking down. Yeah. You're, you're apart. And so it's pretty much eye to eye. But then when you see a picture of you standing next to <laughs> person you're like
1: what? i know <laughs> i know it's really um <clears throat> eric franke is about your height and so when yeah. we stand next to each other it's really ridiculous yeah. it's super ridiculous and um like he can literally put you know, like rest his elbow on my shoulder you yeah. know, if he wanted to so
0: well yeah. uh, i have a great story about eric um and I actually tweeted it to you once when i first started the madison story slam twitter account uh at um Brot fest one year I was I was Eric's like helper.
1: Oh yeah, I do remember this. Yeah, yeah.
0: and so uh, I'll I'll just tell it again. Just humor <laughs> okay. me. Uh, and uh, he, he he was a busy guy, and so he didn't need to talk to me about anything. But he you know we were around each other, and so he's like, "Tell me about yourself. What do you do?" I was really focused on doing music at that point. Like I wanted to do that as a career. I don't so much now, but uh, it'll always be a part of who I, who I am. <clears throat> and uh so i was telling him that like i want to do music and like i want that to be my career and he's and he just goes so why isn't it like why aren't mm-hmm. you doing that and i was like oh, wh- what do you mean <laughs> yeah and like it had just never occurred to me before that if i wanted to do that just go do it and so i said what do you mean and, and he goes well i when i was in high school i wanted to be a news anchor so i went out and did it mm-hmm. like that's what you have to do if that's what you want to do mm-hmm. and i was like I can see Eric totally saying that. I was like, oh, you're totally <laughs> right. So, like, I actually, uh, I was just telling my friend this, this week. I said, um, I credit uh, the, the anchor from News 3. From, no. For, I credit Eric with Don't
1: me. give him any credit. No credit.
2: <laughs> I credit him with, with me
0: doing this podcast because I thought, I want to do that. And then I just thought, you know what? If, if that's what I want to do, I need to just go do it. Yeah. And, and like, that's the advice that Eric gave me. And like, it's really good. It's really simple, but it's really good advice. Like it wow. makes sense.
1: I can't wait to tell him that. No, I'm not. Act- <laughs> I'm never going to tell him that yeah. he doesn't. He, his head will just explode. No, yeah. he, he would appreciate that.
0: But yeah. cool.
2: That's he's really cool. A, he's a
0: good guy. So, um, man, we're, we're slowly running out of time.
2: No, because
0: you got to be on the air in like an hour.
1: Yeah, an hour. It's okay. I don't really need to run to the set to like nine fifty five. No, I just
2: kidding.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> that
1: might be my last newscast. So
2: yeah.
0: Um, there was something else I wanted to talk to you about, but I, I can't for the life of me think about it. Anything it about, you want to talk
1: about No. Um, was it technology ish? No. Was no. it
0: no. uh? Was no. it food
1: ish? No. I don't know.
0: Okay. Here's a question. Here's a question I have. Uh, uh, your favorite news story you've done, hmm. I, and then I'm also going to ask about your like the news story that was like the weirdest. They were like, really, like "Why am I doing this?"
1: Oh my gosh you know, some of them like run together. My favorite probably was like the final four, like that kind of stuff is like so fun. It's like your adrenaline's going. It feels a little bit like breaking news because like things are changing, but it's like a good breaking news. You Mm -hmm. know, no one's dying. No one's sick. No one's like in trouble. You know, it's just like, Hey, we're rooting on the badgers and this is amazing. Um, but probably like my weirdest or hardest stories were like, death related you know um, yeah. because you get like a really weird feeling you know and you're in a breaking new, news mode you have a lot of adrenaline and you're running around and you're like um, you sometimes have to remind yourself but someone is in trouble so you need yeah. to kind of like chill out you know
0: um, I, I was thinking about that on the way over here um, I was thinking about Tony Robinson and like the thought that like this is this is this is kind of crass uh, but I just thought that like I imagine for anchors like it's like oh good something actually happened today
1: you can, do you know right. what I mean yeah um, not, not that not you want to yeah uh, but I um, I think that like a big situation makes
0: news better you know it, it makes your job better it it
1: it's not, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't describe it like that, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. I, feel, I, I don't yeah. quite know the words. That yeah. I'm trying to well, put because, to it. like, you feel like you are giving, like, you actually have real purpose. Yeah. Um, when you're in a breaking news situation. You're not talking
0: about the president's dog that day.
1: Right. And um, so, and, you know, even, like, with that, even when the news was breaking Friday, we were still trying to get a lot of information. And, you know, it could be like a public safety issue. There are so many things that you just don't know what's happening. So you feel like you're offering a real service. Yeah. To the public. And I, I mean, I believe that we're offering a real service every night. But like when I lived in like Tornado Alley, for example, sure. every spring we would just get rocked with like tornado, you know, after tornado. And yeah. we would sometimes be on air for like three and four and five and six hours straight. Um, and where you're just like, exha- like physically exhausted. Um, and I remember being in finding myself like enjoying those moments because I felt like we were offering a real life-saving service to people and that's Mm -hmm. what the news is all about you know when it really comes down to it but at the same time you feel so much heartache and uh, lost because you meet people who've lost loved ones. Yeah. My husband, I left uh, Missouri right before Joplin, that big tornado in Joplin. Yep. But my husband was still working in Missouri because he worked in news. And so they all knew that that storm was coming, but they just didn't realize it was going to be that bad, You sure. know, um, which is pretty typical. So they, um, they were about 45 minutes outside of Joplin. When he arrived, he said he could hear... Um, moans like you could actually hear people wow. moaning. Yeah, and they had interviewed The station had interviewed my former station had interviewed um, someone who like witnessed people flying out of the hospital. I mean, like literally in bed, flying out of the building. Wow. I never saw that interview, but that's what my husband said. You know, yeah. and he said it was just such a surreal, horror, horrifying, like heartbreaking news story. Um, but like you know. You don't really think about that. Like we, you know, when the, I mean, you do think about it, but when you first get in that car and you go, mm-hmm. you're just like, your adrenaline's going and you're, you're in that mode, you yeah. know? But I think, you know, now that we've, I've been in the news for like 13, 14 years, like I, I don't get as excited as I sure used to, but I can definitely see where you just physically get your adrenal your adrenaline is going, mm-hmm. you know, but you always have to keep it in perspective. The very first time that I covered a major tornado was like 2003 and I walked up to this house and these like two young kids were like cleaning up a house. It was leveled. And so I was like, well, I'm going to go to that house because I see people like, yeah. actually working and so maybe I can talk to them. So I said, Hey, how's it going? And they're like, oh, it's okay. You know, and I said, well, I said, Did, um, is everything okay? Did everyone make it out? and they said no.
2: Hmm.
1: I wasn't expecting that because you don't expect that. You said, "Yeah, we we you know, we we made it out okay." Through, yeah, because yeah, they were there and I said, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry." and then the girl just started like breaking down she started crying Oof. you know and so it's like those there are real people behind every story and it was really sad because it was their grandparents house and the, they they took shelter in their in their bathtub and put the mattress over their uh, tub and all that stuff and the um the grandma was found in the pond behind the house yeah. and she was still in the bathtub i mean it was just horrible um if you know, you know, and I remember that was the first time that I was like, "Oh, this is more than just a news story. This is yeah. someone's life." You know, mm-hmm. so you put that in perspective. That's really like,
0: interesting. I, like that's that's really interesting because I don't think the uh, general public would think of that. Like,
1: yeah, I mean, until you live it, you know. But you see, like in Wisconsin, you don't really have crazy tornadoes. I mean. You, well, we We have, do, right you do. Right yeah, you have. Yeah. Um, but I guess, like, what I mean is, like, it was so... No- like, if you live in Oklahoma City, you're yeah. just used to it all.
0: You know, or Cincinnati.
1: You- yeah, or Cincinnati. I mean, it is, it is crazy that, like, you would... People, I felt like, would literally be like, well, we got to turn on the news because, you know, people would email us and say, you really saved our lives tonight.'" Yeah. And, and to me, like, I know that sounds kind of dramatic, but that makes you go, okay, so local news is still relevant. Local news still is important, you know, yeah. because we really did try to help someone.
0: I, I would even say local news is the most relevant.
1: I do too. I, I really do. People get so tied up, in, and this is still important, so I don't want to belittle mm-hmm. it, but people get so tied up and they and they know what's going on in syria they know what's going on in north korea but they don't know what's going on in their backyard and that's what impacts people the most you know like whether your taxes are going to go up um whether there's a sex offender moving to your neighborhood that you don't want i mean because there are neighborhoods that are literally dealing with that now yeah um and then there are like so many wrongs that have to be righted and you know, the local... I just, it's so important. We buy local, we shop local, yeah. we eat local, but we don't necessarily consume our news locally anymore. Hmm. And that's wonderful in a lot of ways because the internet makes the world a smaller place. Yep. But on our day-to-day lives, I think what we do is super relevant. It's just that it's not... It's like super jazzy every day. You know right. what I mean? Like, I I, I get that, you I, know? You
0: know, it, uh, local news is not sexy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's not... Uh, not always exciting.
1: No. I mean, and people know it, too. It's like, oh, we're going to go to another meeting. (laughs) I mean, reporters feel it, too, you know, but they have to, but they go, okay, well, this meeting is important. Why? You know, but, you know, we I always say, like, even the nicest, sweetest story, it could be, like, a woman turning 115, you know, and you can, oh, yeah, you know, Susie got cake today, and she she says, you know, all these wonderful things about living a long life. Yeah. But it, If I was 115,
0: <laughs> the only thing I would say is, kill me.
1: Give me, me another drink. <laughs> um, but, you know, but the thing is, like, even those stories can be stressful because you're on really? a deadline. Well, because you're on a deadline. Okay, yeah. So no matter what, if you're ready, you know, and the thing is, like, every story, story you do you're like "Ah, i wish i would have had more time to change that yeah and so there are a lot of people who are very artistic and creative Hmm. and journalistic at the same time there's a whole like storytelling um like craft Mm -hmm. and uh, you know people really love it and strive for it but you know you got that five six ten you know live shot it makes it really difficult so you know but
0: Uh, i've always been curious i I imagine it's not quite like anchor man (laughs) but <laughs> depending I've on been, what day, <laughs> I've always been curious if it's um, between you know uh, I I dare say it in these hallowed <laughs> halls, but there's there's NBC fifteen, there's mm-hmm. WKOW. Uh, I mean I don't think you're out on the streets battling each other with pitchforks. <laughs> but is is it a camaraderie or is there a little bit of tension? Oh like gosh. if you're if you're out on the street and you see Yeah. I can't think of Charlie Shortino <laughs> or whatever.
1: I get out my pitchfork. Right, you know?
0: Like I, I, or is it oh hey, we are colleagues.
1: I think we're colleagues. Yeah. You know, I mean because the truth is this business is like becoming smaller and smaller mm-hmm. all, I think all the time. And I um worked in Missouri. I worked in a situation where one day I was colleagues with everyone and the next day, literally like three day like Friday I was like at the NBC station and on Monday I was at the ABC station. Yeah. So like all my colleagues turned into my like competition. Yeah. And even though we were owned by the same company, we were operated under two different companies. It was a very interesting situation, but, um, but it was a weird experience for me. It was incredibly humbling, hmm. and I just realized, you know what? Today we could be, you know, we could be working alongside each other, and tomorrow we might not be. Yeah. And so I try not to take those things personally because, of course, you always want to beat somebody. But like, sure. my, but when I was in Missouri, my husband, we, the station, the way it worked, I ended up working at the ABC, and my husband was working at the NBC. Okay. So we would come home, and I'd be like, "Well, what are you?" You know, at first, the transition was really hard because I'd be like, "What? Are, why are you guys covering that?" Or, "Wait, what are you covering? I need to, I need to know so I can tell my newsroom." You know, so, um, so it's definitely difficult uh, sometimes. But I think at the end of the day, we're all colleagues because I, I certainly wouldn't want anyone to get hurt out in the field. Yeah. Or I don't like think that it's okay to, you know to hurt to insult media i mean i, I feel like those are all like, my brothers and sisters out there you know yeah. in, the, in the news because they everyone's got a job to do and at the end of the day you get paid to do what you love and yeah. sometimes you don't always get to choose what station you want to work at because certain jobs are open at certain times hmm. so you know i always feel really blessed and lucky that i um come here and be the six and ten o'clock anchor like that was like a dream for me so i always just try to be like thankful for me (laughs) and like thankful Mm -hmm. that my husband can like you know move here and like do what he needs to do and um that we can be a family here
0: yeah is he still is your husband still in news
1: no he actually got out when we moved to madison okay so now he goes to madison college Mm -hmm. um full-time for mobile app development oh awesome yeah, it's so awesome. I yeah. mean, he. Lo- I mean, it's great for him. And then, um, and then he also works at the UW part time. Okay. In the do it. Department. Do you guys have kids? Not kids, like as in humans. You have dogs. We have dogs. Okay. We have two. So dogs. the
0: answer is no.
1: But you know, we really. <laughs> I know. No, I know. But the thing is, we really want children. We've yeah. been married for. We've been together almost. Uh, 12 years mm-hmm. we've been married six and we have not had children because it just hasn't been in god's plan so mm-hmm. um but we have worked towards that mm-hmm. and so i don't know what i don't know how we're going to form our family yet i don't know if it'll be adoption or um yeah. what we'll what we'll do i'm
0: sick of the question uh, i don't get asked if i have kids i get asked are you guys gonna have kids because you, Cause, you know I'm, I'm newlywed technically yeah, yeah. but
1: you need to get on that.
0: I, I actually—it's such a personal question. Are no. you going to have kids? Because for all for all they know, we can't. And yeah. so I, I, I actually now just say I am actually sterile. Oh, you just, say that just to the, make people feel uncomfortable.
1: Uncomfortable. That's a really. That's a great one. That's a great one.
0: People don't ask me so much anymore. Yeah,
1: I mean it's hard because we definitely wanted kids right away, and it just didn't. It didn't happen. Yeah. So I was like, well, it'll happen later, and then it didn't happen later. So yeah. we're kind of actually, you know. Going through, like, well, what's our next step? Like, what are we going to do? Yeah, and I think it's, you know, it's really personal, but at the same time, I feel like when people talk about it, it makes it feel better, you know. Yeah. So sure. Um. So I don't know what we're going to do right now. We're really happy with our two dogs. Yeah. And their names are Minnie and Piper.
0: Of course they are.
1: And they're Rottweilers, so they're. I like was not super expecting bananas.
0: Rottweilers. Yeah, with my those husband.
1: Names. Yeah, yeah. Well, Minnie is like a hundred pounds, and Piper is like ninety pounds.
0: Yeah.
1: The so. well, one Minnie is six, and Piper is three. Yeah. They're lap dogs, but
0: <laughs> so so. My wife Ashley, mm-hmm. Ashley Ashley wants six kids. That'd be great. She,
1: she it's like a she basketball said, team plus like one. You know,
0: I think she said five actually. Oh. No, she said six initially. When we when we were first we realized, I realized on my third date we were going to get married. Really, I told her on our fourth. And our fourth date. How was, long did you date? Uh, our fourth date was two and a half weeks after we first met. Oh my gosh. And, uh, on our fourth date, I told her I loved her and she went, oh, thank God you said that. And that I'm not crazy that you feel that too. Wow. And then I looked at her and I went, we're going to get married. And she went, I know. That's and crazy. then, uh, a month later I proposed. Oh my gosh. And then we got married in June.
1: That's wonderful.
0: Yeah. Six months later. So,
1: so, uh, six, why, why she six want, kids? It's
0: a very big Catholic family. She comes okay. from, uh, her immediate family—it was just her, a brother, and a sister. But uh, her mom is like one of ten, okay. and and her her family is huge. Yeah, uh, Christmas is insane. Kinda like
1: families tend to be huge, you yeah.
0: know. Yeah, <laughs> um, and um, uh, I was like, nope, not six. <laughs> and also, she wanted kids right away, and I—I I was like, Ashley, I'm when we got married, I was twenty-six, and I said, I don't want to be a dad before I'm thirty. Mm-hmm. And, that's uh,
1: smart, I think. That's, I mean.
0: Well, yeah, except she hears that and goes, okay, at 30, we're having kids. And I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I said, I, I just don't want to be a dad until at least I'm 30. Um, but so then I, I I said, you know, I've been set at two kids for a really long time. I think that's a good number. And she's like, well, what about five?
2: <laughs> two. I was like,
0: uh, two is really where I'm at. She's like, four? And I said, listen, I could see having three kids in this way. Yeah. We have two. And then, when our youngest is sixteen, we adopt a kid. Can, yeah, I've always wanted to adopt. Wanted to adopt, but
1: it's funny I never have. Really? Mm-hmm. And the thing that I always hated as an adoptee is that I always wanted adoption for someone to be a first choice. Yeah, adoption's usually like. Oh, this is kind of our last-ditch effort. I mean, typically, and it's not like an offense. Like, I don't mean that offensively for mm-hmm. adoption. No, I get it. I, I just think that's the, the reality. So, the you know, there's like a there's a whole grieving process with that. You know, like, yeah. like the birth mother grieves, the child grieves, the adoptive parents grieve um, because they have a sense of loss. But oh. I mean, for me, like I was always like, I don't know if I want to adopt because I was adopted, so I've like lived enough of it. Yeah. Um, but then. You know, I've just had a lot of like... Gone back and forth a lot on it. I think I, I mean, five years ago, my husband and I were like, we're gonna definitely adopt. And then when it came down to it, I was like, I don't know. (laughs) So I just go back. Isn't isn't that so much of life? I know. It's like you're so sure of one thing, and then
0: you're like, I don't know. (laughs) I
1: know. But you know, we spend a lot of time in orphanages in Korea, and you can't walk out of an orphanage thinking that you're never gonna adopt because those babies are so beautiful. And you know, you just think, okay, I'm gonna adopt all of you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Actually, has spent a lot of time, uh, she spent time uh, doing work in Ethiopia and Haiti and things like that. So when I said we could adopt, she's like, oh, okay, yeah. Ethiopia.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Ethiopia, though, by the way, at last check, I, I haven't really kept up with my country laws, but Ethiopia was quicker. Really? Yeah, and I think you can have an escort so you, you can have someone bring the baby to you. I mean, it's recommended that you go to the country yeah. anyway, yeah. but I took all my shots once because I was going to escort a baby from Ethiopia oh. to the States. I've done that a couple times in Korea. like taking Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I get to play stork.
0: Is that so something you can get paid to do?
1: I don't, think, <laughs> I don't know if you can get paid to do it, but I'm sure you can. Yeah. But see, most countries now... like. Uh, requi- I think I shouldn't, I don't want to talk out of turn. I believe that a majority of countries make you go to the country. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then again, even if they don't, it's, like, always requ- I Always recommended it because it's so much better if you go and see the country sure, as it is sure. and, and all that stuff. But, like, when I was adopted, people were like, yeah, we'll just bring the kid to you. It's fine.
0: It's <laughs> like, just sit on your couch and wait.
1: <laughs> yeah, just raise her like anybody else. It's never new. <laughs> deal. All
0: right, no. so um, the last question I ask every single one of my guests is, uh, who is the most interesting person on your phone? And uh, I like to phrase the question this oh, way. Gosh. If I was walking down the street and I found your phone, your mm-hmm. broken phone.
1: <laughs> yeah, my broken phone.
0: Uh, and I scrolled through the contacts. who is a, what is a name that I might see and go, oh, well, I should probably call that person because that would be cool. Or it, like when I first asked this question, it was uh, to Tom Farley, Chris Farley's older brother, mm-hmm. who lives here in town. and his answer was um, Quincy Jones.
1: So, Quincy Jones is on his phone.
0: Yeah, I don't. Oh, okay. uh, he's had the best answer, answers so far. <laughs> he, uh, him and his brother. I also interviewed Kevin Farley when he was in town uh, for Christmas. Um, so they they had answers that were like David Spade, Adam Sandler, like cool things people. like that. But mm-hmm. uh, as I said to my last guest, we I've heard mom or dad. I've heard my friend Luke, who's a doctor. I've mm-hmm. I've heard it all.
2: Hmm.
1: i don't know i mean the most interesting person for me is my husband yeah um who is jim van dylan by the way and um he just has like a really interesting story he's uh i don't know he's he's very like people he always surprises people you know Mm -hmm. people always think he's like one way when he's totally the opposite um he's the most giving person i know very sensitive but like super masculine um he's very like uh like math and science oriented, but at the same time is a very talented musician who went to school under a scholarship for music. I mean, he just always surprises people. And I think he's the most interesting person. I think my parents are like super interesting because, um, of their background. My dad, uh, you know, worked like full time since he was like Fourteen, like he was really young yeah. when he had to become like a third or a second income for his family, and so he um, he's like seen some really crazy stuff. And my mom too; she she's just um, she's the same she's the same way. They're both kind of like fighters or something, and hmm. I don't know. Um, I, I, that's like the I know that's no. like everyone Th- probably says like no, my mom and dad. No no, no. And no no Quincy Jones is probably the most interesting <laughs> person on my phone.
0: No. <laughs> Really, let's call him.
1: Yeah, let's call him Quincy Jones on in McFarland. You know. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, not the Quincy Jones you're thinking you
3: think of. You know,
0: here's the thing. I ask that question because uh, not because I want to hear that you have Quincy Jones mm-hmm. in your phone. I I think it's a very telling question, um, and maybe I'm foolish <laughs> in that. But uh, it's interesting to me when people say who it is and then explain why, because it, it I think it does say something about uh, who you are as a person. And yeah. So, I mean, I hope my wife says that I'm the most interesting person in in her phone, so...
1: I'm sure you are second to Quincy
0: Jones or David Spade. <laughs> David, I, I, I hope she doesn't have David Spade's number in her phone. because I think uh, he would be pretty trouble.
1: fascinating, though.
0: No. No? I don't no. ever want to meet that guy. I'll What? Just, I'll just go ahead and burn that bridge now. The <gasps> guy's a sleazebag.
1: Well, I don't know. Maybe I don't know that much he's about just, him. He's
0: just... Uh,
1: Isn't his sister-in-law Kate Spade, though? Like, didn't his brother or something marry Kate marry I have no idea. Kate Spade?
0: I don't know even know who Kate Spade is.
1: <gasps> Kate Spade makes handbags. Oh, I said it like a handbags, handbags.
0: Handbags. (laughs) Welcome to Wisconsin. Oh
1: my god! Um,
0: It's official. (laughs) She makes.
1: Well, she makes more than handbags, but uh, she's from Kansas City, so a lot of people I knew, like.
0: (laughs) The world doesn't revolve around you, Michelle. I know.
1: So I didn't. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But. yeah, so that's I don't. I don't have any one super. No, no, listen. No, listen, I know it's
0: not about that. It, it's honestly it's my way of kind of capping off the interview with one last little tidbit to get to know you. I feel
1: like I blew that whole thing. Let's start over. No.
0: Welcome to Madison Stories my podcast. <laughs>
1: Thanks.
0: Actually, what I'm gonna do is outro the show. So, okay, uh, listeners, uh, this is up the week of. I don't know what's next week, but it's a Tuesday that this is going up. <laughs> Which means uh, this Saturday, March 21st, uh, is our next Story Slam event, which uh, the theme is Childhood Memories. Uh, We'll be meeting at the Wilmar Center at 953 Jennifer Street. Uh, That's on Madison's east side, technically. Uh, Ale Asylum and uh, Carbon Four are both donating beer. Actually, I don't. I wasn't supposed to say Ale Asylum yet because that's a secret. Oh no! But it's out. So it's no. out. Everybody rejoice! Uh, they're both donating beer, uh, so you can come. It's and it's no cost to you. You can come and drink free beer. We do ask that you might donate. Uh, we can't legally sell it, but we ask that you donate any money that we raise. Goes towards paying our costs of being at the Wilmar Center, there is a fee for us, and then goes towards the cost of doing this podcast. So that's all I've got. Uh Michelle Lee, thank you so much thank for being you. on the podcast. It was a lot of fun. Thank well good, I'm so glad much. you had fun.